the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Thank you for joining Bruce Hooley Show Friday edition. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I hope you're looking forward to your weekend. Uh, today's a landmark day in uh, my family. My oldest daughter turns 18 today. And I vividly remember the day she was born. And I'm sure that my recollections of the day of my firstborn's birth are the same, relatively speaking, as yours. Your primary takeaway or one of the top takeaways is probably I can't believe the time has gone that fast and that's mine I remember her being so tiny I could hold her in the crook of my right arm like a football her head comfortably in the palm of my hand her feet maybe touching my uh, bicep as I held her and now she doesn't fit in that small space and hasn't for quite some time Uh, But she's a delightful young lady. I'm enormously proud of her and all three of her, uh, all two of her sisters, all three of my daughters. And as I reflect on the quick passage of time, it underscores to me the importance of how quickly things can change radically. Okay? She has changed radically just in her, you know, physical development. She's... She's a grown woman right now, and she's got a mind of her own. And um, I'm very, very blessed uh, that her mother uh, has been an unbelievably great example for her. And she's been uh, shepherded by uh, great pastors and and other believers. And um, I could not be more pleased with uh, where she is on this day in her life. Spiritually, physically, well, physically, I mean, there there are some things that, you know, we're, we're hoping to get uh, ordered a little bit better. But, um, but you know, just she's just an amazing young woman. And the changes from the day she made her debut have been amazing. 18 short years ago. And then I thought about where is our country 18 years from now, given where we are now, given where we were 18 years in the past. I don't think we were in an ideal situation back in 2004. But we were way better off than we are now because we have forces at work in our country right now that are, they're anathema, the opposite of what our country was founded to be. And the danger is that we... Both sides, I think, are identifying a problem that we see glaringly apparent 
in the other side. Right? I mean, it's easy to fix a problem. When you go into the doctor, and if you have cancer, you agree you have cancer based on how you feel or based upon the test results the doctor shows you, and the doctor agrees you have cancer, and you are united in formulating a treatment plan to eradicate your body of cancer. Right now, the right and the left both think we have a cancerous situation in our country. Neither side sees themselves as culpable for it. Both sides see the other as responsible for it. So this was never more clear to me than listening to some of the histrionic, (laughs) uh, revisionist histrionic garbage on the liberal networks, which is to say, you know, every network but Fox, talking about January the 6th. Now, January the 6th was not a great day in our country's history. It was a bad day in our country's history. It was an embarrassing day in our country's history. But it was not a deadly insurrection. And I will agree that it was an attempt to stop the peaceful transfer of power. It was a feckless attempt to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Were the people who stormed into the Capitol going to be able to stop the peaceful transfer of power with a few handguns, none of which were fired, flagpoles, and Trump flags? I mean, I don't have an inventory of our nation's military capabilities, but I'm pretty sure we could beat back a revolution where the most force that the attempted conquering force could muster comes with flagpoles, Trump flags, and a few handguns, none of which were fired. So this has been overhyped, more than overhyped. It's been lied about. I mean, it's just just totally flat out been lied about. And the media has joined in that lie. And they have joined in perpetuating that lie going forward. Here's a sentence from an editorial in the Dispatch yesterday by the Dispatch editorial board. American democracy was shaken a year ago. Okay, I think it's overstating it, but I won't push back on that. And it is at great risk in Ohio and around the nation. Okay, now, I underlined that to say, no, that's wrong. It Now that I think about it, really isn't wrong. Our democracy is at great risk in Ohio and around the nation. I'll even agree with that, but I won't agree with who it's at risk from. I will not agree who it's at risk from. Is it at risk from the side that wants to verify every vote? Or is it at risk from the side that wants to mail ballots to every address and then send someone by to grab the ballots? Not a government official, not somebody who's sworn to uphold election integrity, just an average ordinary organizer with political leanings. Which is a greater threat to our democracy? Is our country at risk from people who want to teach kids in school that America was founded with upright ideals and 
failed to uphold those ideals and went through some very painful self-introspection in our country where slaves were freed, a war was fought, civil rights movement was waged? Or are we a threat or are we under threat because there are people teaching that oppression was the founding principle of our country and that even though it is now against the law in our country to discriminate based upon color or other protected classes, that it still exists and it'll always exist because it's innately baked into the cake of America, which is a greater threat. Are we at a greater threat? Are we the greater threat, those of us who want to come alongside, support, mentor, guide young people who are confused about why they feel things different than their body's biology suggests they should feel? Or is the greater threat from those who would give birth control to kids, enabling them to have uh, unprotected sex at ages where they're not psychologically developed enough to handle the emotions that come with that? Or is the greater threat from someone who would tell a child who suffers from that kind of gender confusion, now just go chop off parts of your anatomy and wear different clothes and we'll call you by a different name and we'll affirm you in your detachment from your reality mentally as it compares to your biological reality. Who's the greater threat? So I don't disagree with the fact that we're in a very consequential time and we can tip one way or we can tip the other. 18 years in my life has passed so fast. Two years, four years, eight years will pass exponentially that much faster. I couldn't be more pleased with how my daughter has grown in the 18 years since she was born. But I have to pause and pray and ask myself what my role is when I contemplate how much farther in the wrong direction I believe we could go in our country in the next 18 years if we don't stand firmly against a lot of the evil, yeah, I said it, evil, that is permeating our nation now at its highest levels. Well, I would imagine the uh, violent crime in Chicago is going to spike this weekend. 350,000 students in school are not in school. Uh, Third day, Chicago Teachers Union says it's not safe, not safe to go back into school. Omicron is waging. We might die from a runny nose. So they are not teaching. And uh, I can't believe I'm going to utter this next sentence. Good for Lori Lightfoot. Closing the schools as opposed to subjecting the kids to online learning. Online learning is an oxymoron. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't. Not on a full-time basis. 
Um, and some of the things that are being said by the woke mayor of Chicago. By the way, did you know Lori Lightfoot is from Massillon, Ohio? Uh, I was teasing the Spielman brothers, Rick and Chris, about Lori Lightfoot being an alumni of the same high school as them. What happened in that high school? (laughs) Oh, my. The wokeness must have uh, gotten to Lori. It certainly did not get to Chris and Rick. Uh, Here's Lori Lightfoot. This is about politics. It's not about the pandemic. Fundamentally, the absolute wrong thing to do right now is to abandon the science and data that tells us unequivocally that our schools in person are the best place for our students to be. So we're drawing a line. Enough is enough. I'm tired of the Groundhog Day appearance of everything that goes on with the Chicago teachers' leadership. We need partnership. We don't need conflict right now. Now, this strikes me. I know there are exceptions to this rule. But Lori Lightfoot sounds an awful lot like a conservative there. She sounds an awful lot like Corey DeAngelis, our guest from Reason.com. She sounds an awful lot like there, not very often, but there. She sounds a lot like Aaron Baer of the Center for Christian Virtue, which Aaron's probably going to, you know, call me up and say, don't ever compare me to Lori Lightfoot. I'm just in this one instance, Aaron. Because she's advocating for kids in schools. She sounds like a backpack bill advocate, which I'm sure she's not. But that Lori Lightfoot comment that she dared to utter on Morning Joe on MSNBC shows that she's come to an epiphany about what she used to think about closing schools for COVID was wrong, right? So... Is it more common for people from the way left to come around and come over to our way of thinking, not our side, but our way of thinking on a few issues, not all? Or is it more common for people from our side, me, for instance, to say, walk toward the left side of the aisle? To say, ah, you know, there's really no harm in calling someone by a plural pronoun when they are a singular individual. There's really no harm in exterminating the life of that child in that mother's womb. There's really nothing wrong with wearing a mask, even though there are all kinds of studies that tell us masks do nothing at all. Strikes me that People from the right side of the aisle don't gravitate to the left side of the aisle very often. Now, of course, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. Nicole Wallace, MSNBC, is an exception to that rule. But there's Alex Berenson, who's come from the left to the right. There's Clay Travis. Clay Travis voted for Obama twice. What do you think Rush Limbaugh would do And this is the beauty of the bliss of not knowing what's going on in this world from the afterlife. What do you think Rush Limbaugh would do knowing that the guy who shares the microphone, the golden microphone on the EIB network, was a twice, not once, but twice voted for Barack Obama? Clay Travis has come over to our side of the aisle because Clay Travis 
is a smart guy. I know Clay. Clay's a smart guy. Clay is a seeker. Clay is a guy who evaluates information. And he's like, this is lunacy. What you're doing over here on the left is lunacy. What you're doing denying people's freedom and liberty is lunacy. And I really do genuinely believe that the people on the left will continue to gravitate to the right most often when it is their freedom or their life that is impacted by the dictatorial, tyrannical, fascist nature of what the people on the left want to force on all of us. I think that is why we have more people. Lori Lightfoot's never going to be a conservative, but she's come around on schools. She's realized that Chicago Teachers Union is all about politics, not about education. I mean, think of that. A Democratic mayor of Chicago, a lesbian, Democratic, African-American mayor of Chicago is openly waging war on organized labor. Well, that would make her unique in the city of Chicago history. But I would applaud somebody who looks at things and says, you know, that just does not make any sense. That does not make any sense at all. Omicron is a stuffy nose. Go to work. Now, this is an interesting development in that this is where things that seem unrelated are often are related. Some of you who are football fans, and I assume in Columbus, Ohio, that's a lot of you, may know that there was a little bit of a controversy. In sports, it's a major controversy over comments Kirk Herbstreet made prior to the Rose Bowl about Ohio State players opting out of the Rose Bowl. Four of them opted out. Guys with presumed strong appeal to the NFL. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, and Haskell Garrett. They didn't want to play in the Rose Bowl because they didn't want to get hurt. They didn't want to get hurt because if you get hurt, then the NFL's like, "Mm, what's that injury? Mm, I don't know if we want to draft you or not. So Kirk Herbstreet, in the run-up to the Rose Bowl, said, You know, I just don't think guys now love the game as much as I did when I played back in the early 90s. And Desmond Howard, who played, was a contemporary of Kirk's at Michigan at the time, he's on ESPN game day, he said the same thing. Yeah, they don't love the game as much. Because back in that day, you'd never opt out of a bowl game. You would have been considered a quitter. Now we celebrate quitters. Simone Biles quit in the Olympics. It's fine. It's her prerogative. She can do it. She didn't feel safe. Fine. Maybe it was the right decision. I don't have a problem with her quitting. I have a problem with us celebrating her quitting. Because everything's about mental health, right? Oh, it's about mental health. Risk. Oh, I'm at risk. Antonio Brown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, walked off the field middle of a game this week. And everybody said, oh, that guy needs help. He needs help. You know, his mental health. I mean, if he did that, I mean, something's got to be wrong with his mental health. Maybe Antonio Brown's just a jerk. He was a jerk as a high school player. He was a jerk as a college player. He was a jerk with the Steelers. And he's a jerk now. But I want to talk more about what Herbie said about loving the game and work ethic and opting out of a game because it's quote-unquote meaningless. Is doing what you're supposed to do meaningless? Is it just a football game or does it have a wider significance? 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.